Yo, this is Pete Town's finest, representing the NEP. D. Stoudemire, and y'all know what we're talking about. No one's ready to deal with us. So, hey, this is Yusuf Murkic, and you are listening to Reef City Report with Casey and Joe. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another edition of the Rip City Report. I'm Joe Freeman of the Oregonian. He's Casey Holdall of Trailblazers.com. Greetings, Joe, and greetings, everybody out there and uh, Rip City and beyond. Happy, uh, what is this, the third week of the NBA season, I guess? Is yeah. That, is that right? Yeah. Three weeks in? Yeah. It feels like, it feels longer than that, yeah. actually. Yeah, but, it does. Uh, yeah. We're, uh, we did some math for a, a, a later deal that we're going to release, and we're about 11% of the way through the season, we that's decided. That's right, yeah. That's, that's good math, 11%. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think it – does it – they played like every other day, I feel like, almost yeah. every – and so, yeah, there's two days off between the Laker game and the, and the Thunder game, and I think that's just the second time this year that they've had more than one day off. Sounds right. In between games, and both those times, I believe it was after – a back to back, so that almost doesn't really even count. So it doesn't count for me. No, and especially it well. doesn't count. For, I mean, you want to talk about back to backs and so on and so forth. Joe Freeman and I were both here at the Moda Center last after last night's game. Obviously, we're recording on Friday, even though I don't like to spill the beans. But uh, <laughs> neither one, we both left well after midnight last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, probably closer twelve thirty. Twelve thirty, yeah. And then uh, both back here today um, at the not the crack of dawn, but the. Uh, Early enough, the ajar of dawn, exactly. So uh, you know, not even not even eight hours have passed uh, since. Well, I guess maybe a little. No, yeah, huh? just about eight hours. And Joe and I are right back here to podcast for you. Well, we want to bring it for listening. the masses. We exactly. uh, we appreciate them them all you listening. I don't need to talk to Casey. I can talk to you. We appreciate you listening as always, and uh, we enjoy doing this. So uh, we're here for you because we are sacrificing for you. Well, I don't know if I go that far, but it's it's uh it's good to be here and. Uh, Glad that uh, people seem to be. Uh, I don't know if I'd say enjoying the season so far. It's it's been a bit of a mixed yeah. bag. So yeah. you know, life of a Trailblazer fan slash viewer is always kind of long suffering, uh, up and down. Exactly. So why why should this year be any different? How was your Halloween, Casey? Uh, my Halloween was pretty much uh, unHalloweeny. Um, I was obviously with the team in Utah, so I went out to dinner with some sponsors. Actually, that was very nice. Shout out to the folks at Moda. Um, but that was about it. I only saw a couple people in costume. I and I was actually I knew we would probably talk about Halloween when I was on the show today. So when I was getting in my car, I was thinking about. I can't remember the last time that that I was at home or not working on Halloween. Uh, it's last year. Was it last year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. We but we were in town though. I think so. I could be wrong, but I think so. I can check it up. I can yeah, check it up. I, I mean you're probably I'm you're probably right, Joe. I, I'm just I just remember being. Well, I went trick-or-treating with my daughter, so it could have been that uh, the Blazers were out of town and I wasn't there, but I I think last year it was a rare in-town no-game. Well, I should have done something, and because I feel like I've been missing out. Well, you're no spring chicken anymore, no. so you know. I Actually, I've never been any good at, at getting dressed up for Halloween anyways. People come up with great ideas for costumes, and mine are always just idiotic. Uh, last year, your Blazers were 2-1. and one. Uh, They defeated the Denver Nuggets... On Saturday, October 29th, then came home, hosted the Warriors on November 1st. Yeah, so, so we, we were, were home. home. I don't know what I did then. Probably had some pumpkin margaritas. Yeah, and my wife and I did. We carved pumpkins. Um, my wife's pumpkin rotted, like, instantly. Uh. Like, it literally, like, two days later, like, it had mold in it. She did that thing where she cut out the bottom rather than the top because, you know, it's supposed to, like, look cooler or whatever yeah yeah but i, I think it i it think that sabotage it all to more more mold uh, i i this year I, I really phoned mine in i just pounded in uh metal cookie cutter shapes oh, into yeah. my uh my pumpkin it looked okay but not not my best work well and we don't be... we don't get any any trick-or-treaters up in our neighborhood anyways um there's there's no street lights anywhere in our neighborhood that doesn't help we're north of lombard and north of lombard is a it's still a no-go zone for a lot of people, so you don't want the trick-or-treaters that are that are rolling north of Lombard. Who well, knows no, what kind like of the kids. hoodlums are going to roll? Well, up to I your mean, door. our our lot is like a receptacle for every piece of trash within like a three-block <laughs> radius in our neighborhood. Like the other day, there was a a, a full uh, shoe bo- van's shoebox. It was just in our front yard. Someone had a uh, had dumped out their Arby's uh, container and drink. Oh, good. Like, and I don't know if they like tripped or something. And then just decided to leave it on our yard, but that was 
there. There was three boxes of condoms on our uh, oh, front easement the other day. So yeah, it's a cornucopia. You know, we're, we're already getting tricked as it is. So like, <laughs> I, I would have minded giving the kids some candy and seeing some outfits. And uh, I like the kids because you know I don't have any of my own. So it's nice to it's fun to see them. It's nice to uh, keep track of what the youth they're doing these days. Our neighborhood is like a an amusement. Park. Well, I know. Like, there's you, just you kids bougie, all uh, over the place running around, or, going nuts, looking cool. Full candy bars and there's some five dollar uh, bills. It, and, you really can see block to block. Like there's some houses that go all out. I mean, one with crazy shadow figures on the on the house and spiders that jump out of you when, you know, motion censored. And then after that, another thing pops up. It's there was some genuine frightened uh, kids around. Yeah, I I remember when I was a kid trick or treating. I I was always that kid that was scared to death of getting getting snuck up on while getting like. So if it was a house that looked like there might be any kind of possibility that someone's going to jump out or something like that. Let's pass I, this I would one. just pass it up. There's a, I'm going to butcher this story. Uh, probably half of this is, is true. The other half probably isn't. But there's a block in my neighborhood uh, a couple blocks away from where I live. And apparently someone who lives there was, uh, I don't know what, a set design or a producer or some part of, I'm pretty sure it was the Blair Witch Project. And so every year they block off uh, a, a whole block almost like a block party, and they do this elaborate uh, haunted house for people to roll through. And I guess, I haven't been, uh, I just found out about it last year, I guess it's pretty legit. Like, it's, uh, it'll curl, yeah, curl your hair. I don't do haunted yeah. houses either. That's, yeah, you wouldn't survive uh, this that one. game. But uh, we should probably talk about Blazers, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's considering that Halloween was like three days three ago. Three days ago, and, ago and no one gives a, you know what. All right, well, let's get to news and notes. Uh, before we do, though... He is Casey Holdall. You can follow him on Twitter at Seahold, uh, and you can read his stuff at blazers.com slash forward center. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Blazer Freeman and access mine and my colleague's stuff at organlive.com slash blazers. And if you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you may subscribe to it, thank you. Please give us a review. Give us all your five-star reviews. We love them very much. We did get a lot of uh, five-star reviews after the last couple, so we appreciate that. Thanks, everybody. Very much. Okay, news and notes. The Blazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers 113-110 to Thursday night at the Moda Center, defeating your least favorite team for the 13th consecutive time. Damian Lillard, of course, hit the game-winning three-pointer with 0.7 seconds left on a crazy step-back deep three. I think it was about 30 feet. Uh, clutch right. shot yeah. to, to end what was a pretty clutch night for him. And uh, uh, equally important, Yusuf Nurkic. We had a Yusuf Nurkic sighting. He played his best game of the season, finishing with 28 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Uh, Noah Vonley returned from a right shoulder injury back, this baby. week. He's back. Yeah, he, after missing his first 7 games, uh, he came back against uh, uh, the Utah Jazz on Wednesday night, played in a back-to-back, and started against the Lakers in place of the injured Alfaruq Aminu. More on that later. Uh, and uh, also, for the first time, switching gears, NBC Sports is offering a package of Blazers games directly through desktop and streaming services. It's a 15-package uh, uh, set of games, predetermined. A lot of really good teams, actually, when you yeah, break it down. Warriors, games. Spurs, Celtics, uh, Memphis was on there. Uh, really, really a good crop of games, actually. So if you're one of the people who who uh, either doesn't want to subscribe to cable or can't access uh, NBC Sports Northwest because of where you live, it's a pretty good option for you. It's thirty five bucks uh, for the fifteen game package. It pencils out to less than two fifty per game. So uh, Google that; you'll be able to find it. Yeah, it's called Blazers Pass. I, I believe it's mm-hmm. also it's like thirty one dollars right now if you. Oh, yeah, some it. kind There's of like sign a 10% up special, discount yeah. if, you, if you sign up in the next week or something like that. Uh, that w- that was that's been in the works for a while. Uh, I remember that was that was to kind of make up for, even though it it doesn't necessarily make up for it, but the notion of the KGW games mm-hmm. that are no longer there. Uh, that was I, I think that from the team's perspective, they wanted to have some other option besides just see it. Well. NBC Sports Northwest because you know some people aren't able to get it so the idea being like well if we can if we can have something for people at least in Oregon and Washington where they can at least get 15 games which is typically about how many KGW games they had actually I think it was probably a little bit less than that but yeah. still somewhere around in the low double digits uh, because they, they knew that some people relied on those KGW games as their opportunity to see games and granted you know paying I know people don't love paying for stuff but it is you know 
it's not that expensive. It gives you 15 games, and, you know, as I think you wrote, Joe, when you combine that with their national television games, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good clump of Trailblazer games you can watch uh, even if you don't have uh, NBC Sports Northwest. It's not it's not a panacea, but you know it's it's something. Hopefully, hopefully it helps some people. There you go. Uh, finally, the Blazers' next game is on Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. In your one-time Blazer hopeful, Carmelo Anthony, that game's at six p.m. <laughs> it's kind of a start of a tough two-game stretch where the Blazers play uh, the Thunder and then they play the Memphis Grizzlies. At one time, when their offense was really struggling, that looked like it was going to be a tough uh, set of games. Those are two of the better defensive teams yeah. in the Western or in the NBA. Uh, well, let's get right into to what, whatever we wanted to talk about. I don't know where we wanted to start. I guess we could just sort of give our thoughts on where this team is. Yeah, right now. just you after know, you know, after three weeks, um, nine games, eleven percent of 11%. the season. You know, it's it, they probably need. Probably another another eleven games. Twenty games is like the the number a lot of people throw out to really be like this is this is kind of what the team is. And I, I actually I saw a tweet from from Mike. Uh, he was responding to someone, Mike Richmond, your your uh, esteemed colleague. I wasn't going to call him esteemed. I was just going to say colleague. But yeah, Mike's I like Mike. So whatever whatever it is that's me liking him, but that's less than esteemed. The likable Mike. Bottom line, basically, I think he he had noted that the teams that were in the top eight last year, I think after twenty games, were the teams that made the playoffs. So you know there there's been some studies that you know after twenty games, it's pretty much that's that is what it is. Now wait a minute though, that did not include the Blazers. I would think. I I, I kind of thought that as well, but maybe they were they, right. On they the might have been then? right there, like yeah. at the at the uh, the twenty game mark last season. So you know I I think we have seen. I, I think unfortunately. A lot of what we saw early in the season last year, which is, you know, there'd be times where they would look great and they would look like a team that had really made some progress. And then there are other times where they just have these long droughts where they're not doing anything. I mean, I don't know if we've podcasted since uh, the we have not since the second quarter in Toronto where they scored six points and had exactly one field goal, Uh, though. I, I think the Utah game, I think Utah might have only had two field goals in the third quarter. So I guess in that regard, you know, at least they had some, some company in terms of, of teams that aren't doing a great job of scoring, but it's just been uneven, you know? And I, I think some of the, the defensive strides that, that I think people were hoping to see as they've started to play a little better competition and, and play more consistently. I think that we're seeing some, some breakdowns of that a little bit. Um, the offense definitely not flowing the way that I think we're, we're kind of used to seeing a Terry Stotts offense flow and has resulted in, you know, some uneven play. And you also look at, at who they've played at this point and, you know, people point out that they played the Suns twice and the Suns are, are, might be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. Although, since uh, getting rid they're, of, yeah, they're, I like, mean, they're, they're, they're playing better now, but, but no, you're right, but you're that's right. going to come back down. Shout out to Jay Triano. That's that's our dude, but I mean, that, that team's just not that good. Uh, then, you know, you have the win against the Pelicans when they when they don't have Anthony Davis. Um, they were close to beating the Clippers, which would have been a good win, but then they end up losing at the buzzer on a Blake Giffen three-pointer. You Indiana. Indiana, another team that missing their best player, and that was early as well. And then you have a, the Toronto game where that that was probably the the game where you wanted to see the Blazers play well because it was at home against a quality opponent, and it didn't. Know, they they got beat bad. So at this point, it's you know the for the the talk of a wanting to get off to a fast start this year and needing to get off to a fast start, they they have not. Yeah, you know, I think about uh, and and that's that's the exact point I was going to talk about is is so much emphasis going way back to to you know, exit interviews of last year about how this team knew it needed to get off to a fast start. Uh, and they talked about how deep the West was and how not only did they want to, but it was a greater need this year that, A, the schedule is not very favorable in late in the season as it was last season. And it is favorable now. I mean, you you looked at the, the opponents they've faced this year. Um, so far, they should have a better than 5-4 and four record. And they don't have a win against a quality team. I mean, you yeah. can kind of count New Orleans, maybe, just because they're bunched in that group of teams with them that will be in that 6-10 to 10 range in the West. But they didn't have Anthony Davis. Yeah, if, if they'd the been at full strength, I'd say that's a good win. Absolutely. They didn't. And, but, so, but they didn't. and even Toronto was without two of their best bigs in that game. So that was a, a winnable game there. So, um, 
You know, and, and it's been a variety of bugaboos. Uh, it depends on the stretch. Obviously, their offense uh, was a surprising issue for, for a few games there. Um, and that's going to happen when, when Dame's shot is off, when Nurkic, uh, Yusuf Nurkic is, is struggling on offense uh, and, and, and drawing a lot of fouls and, and generally not being very good. Um, and when your bench, which was really good for a few games, kind of tapers off a little bit, and then you can't bank on that production. So uh, it's kind of been uh, really an up-and-down up and down team, which you can sort of forgive the last couple of years, but this isn't, despite its age, this isn't a young team anymore. Uh, it's a very experienced team with guys who have played a lot together, and so you sort of count on that, inexper- or that inconsistency evolving into consistent play and and we're reaching the point where that's needs to become a hallmark for this team it's something they've talked about way back going to to training camp and and their team dinner before the season started um and we're not seeing that right now um now offense comes and goes uh and it usually for this team is is very good so it was just kind of a fluke lull i think from my opinion that they were in during that time so i think you can bank on that what we need to see is, is and we've talked about this a lot, is a middle-of-the-road defense for yeah, this team. I don't exactly. think either of us think they're going to be a top-10 defense by season's end. No. But they can and should and need to be a, a 15 to 20 defense. And, and, you know, I think their numbers right now say that they are. But, again, uh, well, let's see here real quick. Troublers are now ninth in defensive rating at 100.3 points per 100 possessions. And that's, I mean, that's... That's steadily dropping as the season is wearing on. And, you know, ninth is, you know, top ten, but it, they're looking more and more like they're trending towards an, towards being an average defensive team, which, again, would be, a, would be a triumph. Like, being average defensively for this Trailblazers team would be fantastic. But um, they're, you know, they they need to, to get whatever that is figured out, and it's going to be tough with, with Alfred Camino on the bench for at least the next two weeks potentially longer than that yeah we're looking at this team as we always do through the prism of where they're at and and at five and four I think it's it's a bit underwhelming and a bit under where we thought they would be if you look at it through the prism of of how the games have unfolded you can have a slightly different perspective you look at Milwaukee if the Greek freak doesn't go off in the last few minutes maybe you win that game if if Blake Griffin doesn't hit a crazy three at the buzzer maybe you win that game Maybe you're staring at seven and and two right now instead mm-hmm. of five and four. Uh, so you can look at it like that. That even despite you know how how sort of up and down they've been, they have you know threatened to to they've been in games. But you know outside of last night, they haven't been winning close games. They haven't played well down the stretch of close games, or at least well enough to win. And they haven't beaten good teams. And until they can consistently do both of those things, I'm going to view them as a five and four team rather than a seven and two team. So yeah, and for me, like I think as fans, yes, it's fine to view the team and say, well, you know, maybe they're a little better than their record is because they've they've because of this, that, and this. But I think for the team itself, they can't they can't view it that way. You know, like the I. And I've already heard here and there guys mention, well, it's early and other teams are struggling too. It's like, no, no, guys, like that, that's not going to work this year. Like that, that's what you did last year. And then you had to, to do everything in your power just to get to eighth spot. Like that's not going to happen this year. So the idea that like, well, we were close in these games. Like I, I guess you don't feel bad about that, but there's certainly nothing to feel good about either. Right. Because I mean, you, those are the games you have to win particularly early in the season when you have a favorable schedule. And if you're not going to pick up any victories against, you know, in those kind of 50-50 games, you're going to be on the outside looking in when when playoff time starts. So, I mean, it if they want to have the kind of season that that they were talking about having to start the year, like they they're going to need to to take it to a different level because it, it, they're not there right now. They're just not. You know what's crazy is the Western Conference currently Parity rules right now with with it's very early as we've talked about, but there are eleven of fifteen teams have a five hundred or better record, which is crazy. Uh, the Clippers are five and two with the best record, and then you've got the Warriors and Rockets at six and three, and then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams there uh, between five and three and four and four. So. I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, the, the slow start hasn't really cost them much. I mean, the Blazers are a game back a third, um, but it's more... My point would it, be that it is going to cost them. I think for the some road. of these other teams, they're going to be able to make those up. I mean, like, so 
talking about the teams that are struggling that people thought were going to be good. I mean, you've got the the Thunder have struggled a bit, the Pelicans have struggled, the Nuggets have struggled a bit. Mm-hmm. You assume that those teams that added talent in the offseason, it's going to take them some time sure. to get to kind of get acclimated, and then they're going to go on their run. Right. The Blazers are not in that situation. Like they're they didn't add anyone in this offseason, so they should be ready to go now. Totally. And you know, which is why I think particularly in terms of, of the way that they've utilized Yusuf Nurkic, that, that's been a little surprising to me because I, I figured they would have maybe had that a little more figured out by this point. What than, do you mean, that, like uh, in, in minutes and roles? Well, or? In, in the way that he's utilized in the offense. Okay. I, I think the last two games, there's been a more concerted effort to get him involved early. I felt like in the games prior to that, it was almost like he was getting ignored. Mm-hmm. And particularly the, the game that sticks out to me is the Milwaukee game because – you know, they were having trouble scoring in the second half, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why they weren't just going to dump the ball to Yusuf Nurkic in the post and let him work a little bit. And granted, you know, he's missing some close-in shots. Yeah, I was going to say. So, yeah. I mean, in, in that regard, you say, well, maybe he hasn't he hasn't earned that, and I, I think that's that's a, a reasonable take. But on the other hand as well, like, who, who else is getting it? You know, if it's just going to be Damon C.J. taking a long three-pointer in transition or, you know, off a step back, you might as well give it to Nurkic to let him him go to work. So. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, that's an interesting point you bring up because this team obviously lives and dies by Damon CJ. It's they are the heart and soul of the team. It's a backcourt uh, dominated team, a shooting team. Uh, but Nurk makes it all work. Yeah, and that's what we saw last year. He 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 sets everything in motion to allow them to do their thing. And when when Dame's scuffling and he's trying to get himself going, and Nurkic is missing a lot of inside shots and. Uh, CJ has one good game and one so-so game and one good game, and his shooting hasn't been all that great. It's it's kind of like, where do you go? And it's a good point. Maybe you just go down low and at least try to open things up. And, in fact, uh, you know, both of Dame and CJ said last night that's what they had decided they were going to start doing. And starting in Utah, A, they needed to get Nurkic going because he really had not been very good through the first two weeks. And, and, and for the reasons that we just mentioned, and they tried to be more, uh, you know, get him going on the pick and roll more, get him on the roll to the basket, get him going early so that he's engaged uh, both offensively and defensively. And then it opens things up for him. And, and what we have seen the last two games is that has been more of a factor, certainly last night, which uh, I think, you know, you're going to look back and remember Dame's three-pointer in another dose of Lillard time, but the bigger issue or the bigger thing moving forward is that we finally saw the use of Nurkic that we've been used to. And, um, you know, he talked after the game about uh, it kind of being fun again for him. And Dame and CJ tried to tried to say, you know, let's try to have more fun trying to get him going. Um, I know behind the scenes, Dame said that he had been texting him a lot lately to try to get him going. CJ had, had tried to say, Hey, we need you to get back to being a monster and, you know, stop with the lackadaisical layups and just dunk yeah. already. And, and like, that's, that's that's everyone too, by the way. Yeah. This, this team, stop stop putting up those weak underhand bounce, stuff that we would do. Off of, exactly, yeah. like from CJ to Dame to Mo to Nurk. Guys, dunk dunk the GD ball. Yeah, at least for, try. I mean, You'll get yeah, a foul. Exactly. If nothing else. Yeah, this team needs trips and lines. I mean, just to get back to Nurkic real quick, I don't think it's I don't think it's any kind of coincidence that. They looked to Nurk early. He goes 5 of 6 and scores 10 points in the first quarter last night, a quarter in which they score 41 points, their best quarter offensively so far this season. And I think that's that's an indication, like, yeah, you should look for Nurkic more often, particularly early in games, because it will open things up for everyone else. CJ also had a great first quarter, 13 points. I mean, and part of that is CJ's shot-making ability. But again, like, when you can go inside out, it frees things up. And particularly, you know, as, as they're going to have to, to get by for the next couple weeks without, you know, at least without Al Farouk, I mean, they, things are going to need to, who, who has been playing well, by the way. Al Farouk, I think, is shooting 44% from three right now, that... That will not last throughout the season, but he's How been, he's, dare he's been you. great on both sides of the ball. How I, when dare I when you. I was writing up my Alfred's going to be out post the other day, when I saw his averages, I was like, "Man, Chief's almost averaging a double double right now." No, he's and been playing well. He, he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's and, been playing very well. And with, with him out, I mean, I, I know that none of us really kind of consider Alfred to be like a a dynamic offensive player, but he's he's giving them something offensively, and, and it's made a difference. And now that he's going to be gone, they. They're going to need to replace that, and I think they need to probably look to Nurkic to do it. Yeah, we should talk about Aminu a little more. He's uh, sprained his right ankle, and if, if 
you guys certainly saw the the replays on television. It looked pretty gnarly. Uh, he was walked out of uh, the Utah Arena in a walking boot, walked into the Moda Center last night in the walking boot and, and using crutches. crutches. Yeah. So it didn't certainly didn't look good. He's going to be out between two and three weeks. Uh, that's between six and eleven games. Uh, he missed twenty games last year with calf and back injuries. The Blazers went eight and twelve, and and really, you know, scraped by during that stretch because for all the you know as much importance as Damon CJ have, and and you know, and Nurkic later on down the road, we obviously saw what he can do. Aminu is vitally important to what this team does, especially on defense, and he's the unheralded guy in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of unheralded Blazers, Blazers as you well know, but. You know, the impact that he makes on defense really kind of is, is a glue kind of thing that makes almost everything work because he's so versatile to switch all over the place, and he's your best and active perimeter defender. Um, and then, as you pointed out, Casey, uh, he's surprisingly effective <laughs> despite how it looks on offense. So uh, I don't know how you replace a guy like that. They, they uh, Terry started Noah Vonley last game, so he might get back to that lineup. Um, but Mo Harkless and Aminu tend to work best together too. Yeah. Those lineups tend to have the most success. So I don't know how that impacts Mo, who really quietly has not had a very good season, by the way. Mo, no. Mo's yeah, Mo's very, had a tough start to yeah. it, and I, I think it's uh, he's kind of wearing it a little bit too. Uh, it's you can see it that he's he's not real happy with how he's played so far, and. I mean, hopefully he'll get that figured out because yeah, w- especially without Farouk out, I mean. Mo is a guy who who you would expect to to have more opportunities. So, um, but yeah, I think int- I think you go to Vonley. I think you start him right. He'll replace uh, Minu in the starting lineup going forward. And then beyond that, it's going to be what we've seen. It's going to be a mix of Caleb Swanigan and Zach Collins getting those backup minutes behind him, uh, and depending upon lineups and and uh, matchups. And and yeah, maybe Mo does get more playing time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, six to eleven games. Yeah, and that's that's going to be tough because, as you mentioned, it might be harder to replace Alfred Camino on this roster than basically anyone else. I'm trying to think of well, Nurkic. Nurk, yeah, if Nurkic went down, they're they're pretty. But I mean, Ed Davis, Ed Davis has played has well. I mean, center is not is not Ed's necessarily his kind of. I don't know that we consider Ed to be like a starting center, but I think they'd be okay with Ed in there. They would definitely lose something, but but Ed could handle it. There's no one that replicates what Al Farouk does defensively. There, I mean, and no one is really even all that close. So it, it, you know, he he's a he's a role player on the team, and I mean that. I hope that doesn't sound negative because it's not. But like, I mean, he his his importance can't really be overstated. And you know, they're they're going to have a, a stretch here where they're going to have to figure out how they're going to slow teams down because it's or again, it's already starting to fall off a little bit. And you can imagine with Alfred Camino out of the game that it's going to continue to to take a step backwards. And I don't know exactly what they do to to get it going in the right direction. The the only other thing I will say about it, though, and this it's not a good thing for Alfred Camino to be injured by any stretch, but I think it does probably help in terms of getting Noah Vonley back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Alfred doesn't get hurt at some point in time, you have to have that conversation, which is hey we're going to put Vonley back in the starting lineup because we like the way that looked last year. And, you know, Alvaro Camino is a trooper. He's not going to cause trouble. But still, it's, you know, no one likes to lose their starting job. And, you know, with injury, it at least allows them to put Noah Vonley in there to see if they can recreate what they had in the last 20 games of the season last year. And if not, when Alvaro comes back, maybe he goes back in the starting lineup. But if if they show that, that they can get on the level that they were at last year with Nurkic and Vonley starting together, then I think it probably makes that trip to the uh, to the reserves a little bit easier for Al Farouk. Well, oh, you know what? Cue the music that we don't have. It's time for a Yusuf Nurkic three point update. Hey, yeah, we should come up with something. Yeah, some uh, maybe just that Nurk fever drop that they use in arena. Yeah, that'd be good. Those, uh, those guys with the accordions. Yeah, the, the Bosnian music, yeah. so to speak. I guess I don't know. Uh, reminder of the bet. It's either fifty or eighty three pointers. No, we're, it's 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 eighty. It's, it's 80? eighty. Yeah, we're we're I, I, I'm we're taking the the full meal deal. I, okay. I'm I know that initially it was fifty. Let's just say eighty. Eighty makes it more fun. All right. 
So Casey thinks that Yusuf Nurkic will make it. Excuse me, no, attempt, attempt attempt at least eighty three pointers this season. I think that's insane. Right now, I uh, am pretty uh, feeling pretty 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 good about this. On the season, Yusuf Nurkic zero for four. That's four attempts. He's on pace by my math to attempt about forty four three pointers this year. Well below your. I'm telling you, once the offense starts to flow, once they start looking for him more, <laughs> once he once he starts to get the ball inside, <laughs> and then they, they let him uh, they let him sneak out to the three point line without covering him, then you're going to see the uh, the three pointers start to flow. I'm so I'm still feeling good about it. You know, I, I'm not I'm not as uh, I don't probably feel as good about it as you do right now, but I'm I, I still like the. I like the bet. I feel strong about it. Now, one thing we never did talk about is, is and it's immaterial to the bet, having nothing to do with the bet at all. How many do you think he's going to make? 20. 20? Yeah. Okay. I just want, again, the, the other, I think it was, yeah, it was against Utah. He took a long two-pointer basically with a foot on the line. I was like, Nurk, come on, man. Just take a <laughs> half step back, my guy. One, it's worth more points, and two, your boy needs to needs to win this bet. Well, I'll give you the, this on your bet. If you think he's going to make 20, uh, well, no, I guess that's 25%, huh? I was going to say that's 20%, but because if he makes his next one, he'd be one for five, and then he'd be on pace because he'd be 20%, but actually I, I guess it's 25, so you're one behind there as well, too. Yeah, start running some plays for him to get three-pointers. Now, wait Come a on. minute. Now, wait Come a minute. On. Now, if, earlier you were saying you liked the way they were running with him through the post and getting him going early. Now you want him to run plays from the three-point line for Well, him. yeah. I want them to run plays for Nurkic, whether they're uh, for three or whether they're uh, they're in the post. Yeah, I mean, come on. Throw him off a couple flare screens. Uh, <laughs> get some step backs. Uh, let him leak out to the corner on some hammer action. And, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get him feeling good from that distance. And then, you know, it'll, uh, it'll benefit down the road. It'll benefit your bet. Hey, uh, Nurkic hitting three-pointers is better for the Trailblazers than it is for Casey Holdall. Because, I, I mean, this bet, you're— debate I, to I'm, that. I'm not going to—I mean, you know, Joe, I, we go to lunch every so often anyways. So yeah. while I like you a great deal, it's not like I'm really winning anything by getting to go to lunch with you. So I think there's a lot of loyal listeners that would disagree. No, you would oh, be well, winning I, I, very I'm much. Sure, but, but that's more from their perspective as people, <laughs> someone who doesn't see you every day for eight months, basically. Fair enough. Speaking of our loyal listeners, uh, as always, we solicited questions for you for the podcast on Twitter. Again, you can follow Casey at Seahold. You can follow me at Blazer Freeman. And let's get right to your questions right now. First up from Brandon Goldner. Is it just me or does Nurkic's mid mini resurgence coincide with the guards looking for him more on the roll? Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think we talked about that yeah. a little bit earlier. I think, one, look, just looking for him more in general is is something that they are doing. And yes, going to him more on, on that pick and roll and and just making easier passes too. I feel like that's another one of the issues Blazers have had early in the season that I, I can't really put my finger on the the source of it, but a lot of lackadaisical passes, I feel like, particularly in traffic, they keep getting picked off easily. And, you know, that if you're running pick and roll with, with Damian and, and Nurkic or CJ and Nurkic and you have two or three possessions where, you know, the the defenders are, are able to, to snuff out the pass easily, it's like that that kind of removes the they don't once you have those hap, that those kind of things happen a couple times and I feel like it is happening somewhat frequently, it, it keeps you from from playing that pick and roll the next time, I feel like. So long story short, uh, I feel like they need to be a bit more deliberate about kind of what they're going to do in the pick and roll less less reading maybe and maybe more just like hey this time we're going to pass the ball to Nurkic whether or not he has a a wide lane to the basket or not but yes to answer your question Brandon yeah I think they are looking for him more in the role and I, I think it's it's helpful and getting him moving towards the basket I think is helpful as well because he has been putting up again some of those those kind of underhanded Weird. They're not yeah. even hook shots. I don't even know what you call them, but they're they're low percentage shots for a guy like Nurkic. Okay, next up we have a couple of similar questions, so I'm going to read them both. From Brendan Porter, what would you rate the season as of now? And from Tyler Stobie, what grade would you give the Blazers overall for the month of October? Uh, and he wasn't counting Utah and, and the Lakers, which is a one-for-one one anyway, so it's about the same. Sure. I'm going to give them... I hesitate to give him a D, but I want to – it's no better than a C-. You know what? I'm going to give him a D because they should have more wins, uh, as we've talked about this podcast and before. They should have a better record now between the schedule 
which is very home-friendly right now, and the quality of opponent, they're going to need to stack these wins for, for when it gets tougher down the road. So I'm going to give them a yes, – D seems kind of harsh. They're not lo- – I'll give them a C-. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say C. On one hand, I think I did have them at 6-4 and four after the first 10 games, so they're really not that far off, and if they happen to – to beat the the Thunder on Sunday, they will be at six and four. Which again, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I picked them at after ten games. So I guess in that regard, they're not underperforming my expectations. But they they're not playing particularly well right now. I again, if, if they were if they were if they had beat the Lakers last night by twenty, you know, I, I think you feel a bit better about where they're at. If they had, you know, not gotten thumped by the Raptors, if they had played that game close, I think. You know, you feel okay even having lost that game, but the fact that that they're not winning those games and they're not playing particularly well in the games that they are winning is, you know, that that's not a great sign. Okay, next up from Selly. Assuming Alfred Aminu is back for the Nets game on the twenty fourth, what do you think the Blazers' record will be while he's gone, counting last night's win? Uh, okay. Well, let's see. Let's do a quick yeah. rundown of the schedule. Last night, obviously, Lakers at home. You've got the Thunder at home, the Grizzlies at home, the Nets at home, the Nuggets at home, the Magic, your resurgent Magic at home, then a back a road home back-to-back against the Kings, uh, starts of a long Thanksgiving trip at Memphis, and then at Philly. Ten games. What's your record? Ten games. Uh, see, we, we counted this up pre-show, and now I don't remember what I had him at. But I think you had him at... It wasn't good. No. I had them. Well, let's count right now. So they won last night. That's 1-0. I think they're going to get one of these next two games. So that's uh, yeah, that's 2-1. I don't. They'll beat the Nets. That's 3-1. and one. I'm going to say 6-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't beaten the Nets, beating, winning both games, the back-to-back versus the Kings. And uh, I'll give him Denver as well at home on the thirteenth. Five and five. So is that? Well, that's one, two. No, that's I'm counting the Lakers last night. Counting the Lakers last night, five and five. Yeah. Okay. There you that, go. And and again, that's not great. You know, it, it, for them to that that's not a fast start uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And and granted, some of that is because the the Magic look much better than than I think anyone expected, and you would assume that they're probably going to come back down to earth, but who knows if that's in time for the Portland Trailblazers to play them. And again, they're just not playing all that well right now. They have a hard time winning in in Philadelphia that's on that trip. Uh, Again, the Magic have been great. The Memphis Grizzlies have been awesome. Uh, And, you know, if they were playing a little better, I think maybe I I could pick them to win versus the Thunder because the Thunder haven't really kind of figured out what they're doing just yet, but... With the way they're playing right now, it's just, it's it's hard to pick them in any fifty fifty game right now. You think Carmelo gets booed? Have we asked? Have I yeah, asked this before? I, I do think he's going to get booed. I, I don't think he should, um, but yeah, I think he will get booed. Yeah, I mean, heck, they they booed Lonzo Ball last night, and I mean, he's got no connection to Portland whatsoever. Well, that was half of the Lakers fans because he was playing like garbage. That's true. Yeah, he was not very good last night. No, he was not. All the hype, and I, I i mean, it's one game. I haven't seen him play, but... I mean, I've watched him a couple times now, and he's just... You know, he's a hes a rookie point guard who can't shoot. You know, like, you're, that's... You're, it's its going to be tough sledding for for a while. That Kuzma cat's going to be good. Dude, he's legit, man. He's I don't know how that guy... Went, he went, like, 27th. Yeah. I know he can go 27th. That's where Swannigan went, but... 26th. 26th. Wherever he went, it was too low. Yeah. He's legit. Okay, next up from Seth Johnston. Free Sausage McGriddle? Or Papa Murphy's Large for $4.25. I'm going to go with Papa Murphy's on that one, Seth. Um, one, I, I love Papa Murphy's. Um, my Papa Murphy, I've, I've tried to be uh, forthright about my, my affinity for uh, for the, the take and bake giant. Um, I do love breakfast sandwiches and I love McDonald's, but the grill for me, I, I don't like sweet and savory together at all. And so the, uh, the, the maple elements in the McGriddle just. I, I always go for one of the other sandwiches. Well, there's no way in hell I'm eating sausage from McDonald's, so I guess I'll have to go Papa Murphy's Large for four twenty-five. You people, me, me people. Compared to, I mean, I don't know. 
Okay, next. What do you up, think they were they were eating in in the fifties? Like they may, and that's no, the greatest generation, Joe. I'll tell you, you think what, you're better than I'll, them? I'll tell you what you need to do is you go do your research and you learn that it's different meat now than it was in the fifties at McDonald's, and then we'll talk. Okay. All I'm saying is I have a hard time believing that the quality of sausage that I'm eating in 2017 is worse than the quality of sausage they were eating in 1945. Believe it. It's true. See, that's... Uh, Big uh, corporations that have consolidated little corporations Yeah, but I read The Jungle, too, though, and, like, the, and that was an issue back then. And that? What did you say? The Jungle, uh, the, about meatpacking industry in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, like, it was awful then, too. So you're telling me it was better then? No way. Yes. I, I mean, any weird mystery meat you, you can throw at me. I don't care. Joe's a, Joe's a coward. You're, you're buying the coward. You're buying the $2.99 sale steak at Safeway. That's down I, in the corner. I, I am going to smoke a rack of ribs that I got in the Fred Meyer uh, discount bin today, Joe. So that's, uh, that's quite apropos. I'll be – well, I'm not really a big guy who prays, but I'll be praying for you then later tonight for, for your gut to – Yes, I will. And, and when I'm sleeping with delicious rib meat in my stomach while – you know, you ate a quinoa salad for dinner. I'll be thinking about you. Actually, quinoa salad sounds pretty good. God, that stuff is grotesque. I, I can't stand the smell of that junk. It's awful. That doesn't make any sense. You don't like the smell of rice? It's It doesn't smell like rice. It's got like, like this smell musky, of... disgusting scent to it. I, I Man, I enjoy that stuff, folks. Okay, next up from Reed <laughs> Andrews. Now, to be clarified, I'll, I'll eat plenty of meat. I'm just not going to eat meat. No, you don't. You, you turn your nose up at every other piece of meat that gets not put true. in front of you, Joe. Not you, true. You, you watched a documentary once, and now you can't possibly eat Now, that's eat true. Meat. It stained me for life. But, uh, you know, I go buy some stuff that you don't believe is real, the the small farmed <laughs> meat, the uh, organically no, that, raised the, meat. That stuff's great, too. I'm not knocking it. That well, stuff is awesome. That's the stuff I eat. Yeah, well, with you, you hoity-toity folks in Northeast Portland, (laughs) why do you got to disparage a whole neighborhood? I'm not, Joe. I'm just giving people the facts about the differences in our in our livelihoods. And all of my Northeast neighbors revolt against whatever you are. Yes, I can't even. All of the affluents in uh, in Northeast Portland come to North Portland and. and, and try to show, tell us what's what, and see how that goes. Go shop. You will. Base, uh, the, you will come out on the, the sale meats at Safeway. Exactly. You, you have some mystery meat with me at uh, at King Burrito. We'll uh, we'll meet up at Kenton Park. Have a uh, have an outsider style throwdown, and uh, I'll uh, you know choke someone out in a fountain. I like King Burrito. Of course, who wouldn't? It's delicious. It's fantastic. I'm just not going to order their meat. <laughs> you can get the get the vegan burrito at King Burrito. Oh, no, yeah, you can what, get what a fun culinary experience! It's a that veggie is. burrito. It's got beans and cheese and everything else that yours does. It just doesn't have that yeah, uh, horse it's just, meat. Just none of the flavor. Yeah. Okay. Next up from Reed Andrews. Do you find it odd that the Blazers aren't scoring more in transition, giving their improved defense? I just find it generally confusing that they aren't better in transition. They, and th- they yeah. have long exactly. athletic players. They have guards who push the pace. Even Nurkic can get out and run. They play a lot of small lineups. Like, why the hell aren't they scoring in transition? It makes no sense. Now, part of it is that when your defense isn't getting stops, you're not going to get it. But as Reed, you're not going to get fast break chances. But as Reed points out, when your defense is getting stops, you have a lot more opportunities I don't get it. It's been this way for four years. Uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, I think part of uh, one. You're exactly right, Joe. They they have been an inexplicably poor fast break team for the past couple of years now. And yeah, it's one of those things where like I I can never put my finger on. It. I think part of it is they just don't they don't share the ball enough on the break. I feel like uh, like if, if Dame or CJ or Turner has the ball on the fast break it's like they're taking the shot and you know they're two of those three guys are great shooters so i mean in that regard i guess you don't mind it so much but yeah they they just don't have any of that kind of flow that you want to see out of a team in transition part of it too is that that they are they're not particularly good at, at creating turnovers and particularly steals and that's those are the are the instances where you get the the best opportunities for transition, and uh, they just don't get a whole lot of those. I, I think the Blazers are shooting well in transition. Uh, they just don't get many transition opportunities. They had four fast-break points last night, six against the Jazz. They had none against the Raptors. Wow. None. They had two against the Suns, uh, and hmm. against the Clippers, they had two. I are mean, you serious? Yes. That's awful. It's ridiculous. I didn't know it was that bad. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm not even going to go to the rest of the games because those are the most recent. But that I mean, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. What? So that's like ten fast break points over the over the Roughly. course of like four games. Ten to ten to twelve. I think I just read. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you have none in a game, I, mean, I don't even that, know how that's possible. I that, guess when you have one field goal in a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that just goes to. I mean, that's how you end up having those situations. Is that if you're not getting anything easy, you know, when when you go up against a team that really is going to dig into you defensively, i.e., the Raptors, if you're not getting any kind of the, simple transition points you're you're gonna struggle another quick one from reed he has an additional question yes you are grown married men but what but why didn't you do a couple's costume of casey and jojo i've been waiting for it all my life well we were in different cities you were in in different cities i I will say this too uh that that casey and jojo song all my life came out in 1998 i believe i was was in college that was the year i graduated from high school and uh and as you might imagine that song when you're in your senior year got played ad nauseum. Uh, so it's not really one of my favorites. I was a stormtrooper for Halloween. You could uh, find me on Instagram if you want to see a photo. Uh, thank you, Blaze, for that. Blaze hooked me up with that. No kidding. Yeah. Blaze got it. Yeah, we went, and ran, we went and ranshackled the, uh, the storage closet, Blaze's storage closet. Uh, a, a member of the, uh, the staff went, I'm not going to call him out, but no, he, you can't use his, he, yeah, he landed the uh, Chewbacca outfit. So he was he was good there, and I scored the stormtroopers outfit. It was uh, it was good. Worked oh, out great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. Yeah, I yeah, I guess it would make sense that a mascot would have some. Yeah, some there was Star Wars options. night a couple. Remember every arena we went to yeah. had like Star Wars night, and so when it was here, he had to get some costumes for that, and so he still has them uh, back there. So nice. I'm still costume new Star Wars movie, by the way. What's that? I'm looking forward to that new Star oh, Wars. Oh yeah, movie. I think we're going to be on the road again. I, I know we saw the last Star Wars in Orlando. Yeah, well, like, well two ago, two like, two ago. Yeah, the one exactly. in this series, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not 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 the, Rogue not one. the Star Wars stories. Yeah, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Indeed. It's a good movie time right now too. Shout yeah. out to movies. Shout out to two year olds. I saw the new. Blo- oh, that's right. Go yeah, to movies. Yeah, Lana's birthday's this week though. Oh, hey. uh, we're going to get Happy a birthday, sitter Lana. for yeah for next weekend, and I think we are. It's it's kind of a fine line though because when you're you have like one night to go out. It's like, do you really want to go sit and not talk in darkness for two hours? Uh, but I think we're going to do it. So I, I think that's going to be one of the things sure. we do is go watch. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, that's I'm one of those people too, where it's like, yeah, if I have a, a day off after a long stretch of not having days off, you're going to find me at home. Like, yeah, you're not going to find me out True. doing something. Yeah. Okay. Next up from Jared Muchow. As we have seen this season, game-winning shots can be devastating and amazing. What's your most memorable game winner from an opponent. Hmm. Boy, those are hard to come by. I'm going to say off the top of my head, even though I wasn't there, the Memorial Day Massacre. San Antonio. Was it Sean Elliott? Just knifed the Blazers in the back. It was, I think it was 1991, hmm. 1999. Memorial Day Massacre. I think it was the Memorial Day Massacre. That might actually be a thing. They played on Memorial Day? Memorial Day Miracle. Excuse me. Memorial Day Miracle. That must have been the playoffs then. Yes, yes, yes. It was uh, a Sean Elliott hit a game-winning three-pointer in game two of the 99 Western Conference Finals. And I don't think the series was ever quite the same. An opponent? None really come to mind. I mean, I know know they've had them, obviously. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little. I probably should have prepared for this a little bit better. That's all right. You can get back to him next week. Thanks for the question, Jared. Next up from Omar Ahmed. Do you think Evan Turner's mid-range shots are good long-term? It's falling now, but seems like the defense will live with that. Man, that's Evan Turner's bread and butter. Yeah, if he's it, not making those, be, he ain't yeah. making anything. So, uh, yes, I think it is good long-term. He has been hitting them, unlike last year. I think he's getting to his spots better and getting more comfortable looks that he likes in the offense. And so, uh, yeah, I think those are good long-term. I, for me, too, uh, I'm always surprised when they don't go in. Like, I, Yeah, he's he, pretty solid they, on those. Like, I mean, he gets in close, he gets good looks, and a lot of times, I don't know if it's a spin on the ball or what, but like, I feel like he has an inordinate number of shots that, that rim out for whatever reason. So, I mean, I, I yeah, and <laughs> I, mean, I agree completely, Joe. Whether or not it's it's a good thing or a bad thing. That's his offense. Like that's what he's going to take. So if 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 you're rooting for the Trailblazers, you hope that that it keeps lasting at whatever it is. And what, what's he shooting right? He can't be shooting that great a percentage right now. But maybe while you look that. it up, I'll ask the next question from Casey. The championship banner hanging up is around 20 years old, right? Where's the original? What does it look like? 
I have to be honest, Casey, I have absolutely no idea. I wouldn't have even been able to tell you that the new banner hanging up is 20 years old. Uh, so I don't know. It's an interesting question. Uh, I don't either. And like, we were talking about it before the show came on. I, I mean, the NBA doesn't, like, give you a banner or anything. So, I mean, basically it's the teams that, that make their own banners, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's probably somewhere. I mean, it could be uh, – my, my guess is it's maybe in storage at the practice facility somewhere or it, it, I guess maybe uh, maybe Larry Weinstein has it or, or Harry Glickman. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, though. I, I don't know what happens to, to things like that. And I feel like we're the, at to the point now where people know not to kind of throw things out. But 20 years ago, you know, if they're if they're cleaning out a storage closet and, you know, they found a banner somewhere. Now, granted, if it's a championship banner, I would assume that no one would throw it out. But just the notion of like everything that gets archived and put somewhere. Not necessarily. The I think case. It's, I think uh, somebody has it somewhere. Someone's By the way, Evan Turner shooting forty four forty four percent exactly. Which I mean, he shot forty three percent last year, so he's he's basically exactly where he was at last year. Next up from Positively Portland, would you like to see more or less Damian Lillard ISOs? Well, I actually looked this up. Damian is taking. I think he's got like six isolation possessions a game, which you know is. I think that ranks him about like 11th or 12th and it's, he's not shooting a particularly great percentage out of it. I think he's shooting sub 40%. So in that regard, maybe you don't want to see it as often, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm, when I'm watching the team, I'm not really thinking like, boy, man, Damien's taking too many ISOs. I, I think, I think he probably needs to maybe cut back a little on some of the deep three pointers early in the shot clock, at least maybe until his, his shot comes around a little bit. Uh, that would be my only real complaint about Damian offensively right now. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's playing too much ISO ball. And uh, and really, perfectly honest, I, I'd like to see him get in the post a little bit more from time to time and see if he can uh, hit some fadeaways over guys. All right. Next up. Oh, I guess I didn't answer the question. Um, I think he's uh, he's attempting an appropriate amount of ISOs. Uh, generally speaking, I'm not a big isolation guy, so I would like less. I would like him to operate out of the pick and roll. He's incredible in the pick and roll, uh, and then trying to you know work around screens and stuff. But you know that step back three that he hits is is a deadly weapon. So he's going to do that. And actually, he had a couple of really nice drives to the basket last night, just blowing by defenders. So uh, I think he's 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 at an okay rate with those right now well and, and uh, just the thing with the shot last night too I, I did see some people like well it's still a bad shot and uh, i don't know i wouldn't agree with that but i mean he did put the ball on the floor and tried to get to the rack and he got swatted you know by rico barris so it's like the idea that well, you should always just just drive to the rim and and, and try to get a, a bucket late in the game it's like well no not not necessarily not in the nba as someone who uh watches his his pregame workout almost every game i can assure you that he attempts uh, I don't even know the number of shots he attempts that are exactly like the one that he took last night yeah. in pregame. Like, he works on them literally every day. It's part of his arsenal. It's obviously not the highest percentage shot, but when you're tied at home, you've got the last shot, that shot misses, the game goes to overtime. So worst-case scenario there is you go to overtime. So I, I don't think it was a bad shot. I mean, obviously he hit it too. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm... I get the hero ball thing and all that, but you put the ball in your best player's hands and you let him create, and last night it worked. Real quick here, uh, Damian is averaging, according to Synergy, 4.2 isolations per game, which puts him on par with the likes of DeMarcus Cousins, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyrie Irving, and much less than the likes of guys like James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, John Wall, Harrison Barnes, Chris Paul, though Chris Paul's only played one game this year. And Damian is scoring 1. Where'd they go? 1.05 points per possession in isolation give you a little a uh, little comparison here Kyrie Irving is shooting 0. 0.6 or scoring 0. 0.86 points per possession Giannis is 1.06 per possession DeMarcus Cousins 1.05 per possession LeBron James 0. 0.97 per possession so basically long story short Damian is not taking a ton of isolations and he is scoring out of isolation just as well as guys who you would not at all be concerned about them taking isos so Long story short, no, I don't think it's an issue. Andrew Stricker wants to know, to what can we attribute CJ's early season ball handling woes, especially late in games? <sighs> Good question. Um, I feel like he's maybe driven a little bit too much, uh, particularly when he's in the second unit. I feel like he's uh, 
he's trying to rely too much on his handle. Getting a little, little bit. too cute. Ex- yeah, and and I think he's just kind of on a, a tough run right now. He has put the ball off his foot an inordinate number of times so far to start the season, which I don't know that I ever remember him really doing that ever before. I mean, because CJ has a he's a he's a very adept dribbler, and oh, yeah. he's just. I don't know if he's kind of forcing things or if he he's getting a little too cute from time to time, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know that I could necessarily put my finger on it, but it it, it has been noticeable. Uh, yeah, agreed. Next up from Trump, LOL, Dame Threes. Is this the first season you've noticed other players wearing his three stripes? I can't recall any before. Well, actually, we're on Dame Fours right now, and uh, yeah, people have been wearing his yeah. shoes. Oh, it's pretty common yeah, actually for years. Yeah, yeah. No, I he, think there are more now. Than there have been a lot of point guards have been wearing them lately. I mean, we've seen Austin Rivers and Donovan Mitchell and Goran Dragic are all wearing the Dame. I want to say Rivers wore the Dame threes also. I, oh, yeah, I yeah, almost yeah. remember no, that. No, he yeah. has. Yeah, Rivers I think has has been wearing Dames probably since the since the Dame the beginning. Two. A couple things to keep in mind: uh, a, you know, they're out more. It's his fourth edition, so they're becoming slightly more popular, uh, more common. Also, it's his best looking shoe. Yeah. In my opinion, of his four, absolutely. And from talking with people, I haven't actually worn them, but it's also his most comfortable shoe. So, good-looking, comfortable shoe. I think it's natural that more people are going to wear them. But that said, people have been wearing them I, even since the ones. Uh, people have worn all of his iterations of shoes, and I, I think they're they are particularly they're a particularly strong basketball shoe. Uh, and I think uh, Adidas doesn't have as many like team model sneakers anymore so i think more and more that i think the dame four might end up being kind of a a standard team model for a lot of for a lot of teams and that's why you're you're seeing in a lot of just kind of like donovan mitchell has had a a yellow colorway of the dame fours uh rivers had a red colorway of the dame fours they haven't released any of those they're just getting made in those colors because guys are asking for them okay we have time for a couple more questions here next up from jeff ellsworth how much Intense weightlifting do the players do during the season? Bench guys more than rotation guys? Uh, players lift every day. Uh, sometimes there's a group of guys that lift literally right after games for 15 minutes or so. They lift before and after workouts sometimes. They lift after practices. They lift on off days. They lift on game days. So they lift all the time. Um, and both bench players and rotation guys lift. Yeah, no, they, every, everyone lifts all the time. Um, the bench guys do not necessarily lift more than the guys in the rotation. Uh, they have particular lift days. I know that Jason had written a story about guys working out after games. That's been happening for years and years and years now. Um, so yeah, no, they they had Ben Kenyon and and Todd Forcier do a do a very nice job of uh, of plotting out those workouts and and getting guys excited for them. So no, very strong strength and strength and conditioning uh, core group at uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Good job, guys. Next up from Long Story Longer, did you scream when Lillard made the shot last night? No. No, I did not. Yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, I enjoy seeing that stuff, but it, it's not a, that's not the way I, I would say I, but I also know you're the same way. It's not the way I watch games anymore, you know, like it's, it's about work. Yeah, well, I've never, I've, it's all, I've never, I don't, I'm not a Blazers fan, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. but there's, there's a difference between being a fan and getting caught up in the big moment, an exciting play. Too, I mean, yeah. you don't necessarily have to be a fan to watch that and get excited about it. So. That's that's fair enough. But no, I did not scream last night. No. I Next up from Nathan, how do you see this team improving? All of our wins have come from easy teams, and they were all close. Good teams, we've gone against, we've lost. Uh, I think we sort of have addressed this. Yeah. I mean, they need to start playing better on offense. It's been different things at different times. Their offense was struggling. Now their defense is struggling. Uh, you need both those things to play well, A. And I just want to see more consistency out of a team that yeah. is older and has been together for a while. Uh, I think we talked about the need to go to Nurk early, uh, to, to to involve him more in the game plan. That'll open things up for everyone else. Um, it'll help when they get Farouk back. Their defense will be better then. But, uh, but yeah, I guess that's sort of we've talked about a lot of that. Yeah, they need to get Nurkic going. Getting Nurkic going consistently, I think, is the is the uh, the most obvious way to to improve. Yeah, I think uh, getting Noah back when he can get back to yeah, playing that, ready too. Yeah, cause... and w- once he's he's kind of in full shape, that'll be interesting too. And uh, by the way, too, I know we've we both get quite a 
few questions about Caleb Swanigan and why he's not playing more. Um, for me, I, I, I feel like it, it's been a defensive side issue, but I thought he was really good last night, and uh, he might be in line for some more minutes after the way he played in the second half of last night's game, or excuse me, of the Thursday night game versus the, the Lakers. Um, and I just wanted to mention that because, again, we, I've been getting a lot of questions from people about it, and I uh, figure I should at least mention that. I, I don't want people to get the idea that like I don't like Caleb Swanigan because I, I like him a lot, but uh, I also, you know, he's a rookie who needs to show it first, but... Uh, you know he's making some strides. Well, yeah, I just think the hype got out of got out of hand with him, and perhaps yeah, we're contributing as much yeah, as anybody okay, else. Sure, but yeah, and so like it, it's just ran, it's gone too far, and 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 it's the expectations were way too high. I mean, we had people asking us after summer league if he was going to be a starter on yeah. the team, and it's just he's going to be. I, I stand by my fact that he's or my statement that he's going to be one of the steals of the draft. But that doesn't mean it's now that yeah. it's week two that he's going to prove that he's he's got years to prove that and and you know we've seen him have very good stretches and we've seen him have pretty bad stretches so uh, it's it's just the tale of of a normal rookie and and he will get playing time might not be every night uh, but uh, as you said if if he has stretches like he had last night he's going to get more I mean you know he he got blocked on consecutive attempts so there's that but then he also had a couple a couple nice putbacks and some some hard hustle plays and uh he's seeing the league for the first time yeah exactly the the reason i bring it up too is because i had someone on twitter last night you know after the first quarter he was like oh man no Uh, swanigan should be starting over vonley and i was like well why like what what have you seen in eight games from from caleb swanigan that leads you to believe that he should be starting over a guy who started 41 games last year and has been in the league for a couple seasons now so he's going to get his opportunity folks he's he's going to get it um you know they're just bringing guys along a little slowly and I, and I think that they've proven that they have a, a pretty good track record in that regard of, of bringing rookies along and not giving them too much to start out next up from Roger Ed Davis is cleaning glass and plays defense should he start instead of Aminu is he not playing more because he can't shoot the three and no he I, he's just not really a good pairing with Nurkic I mean because Ed Ed doesn't want to get further than five or six feet away from the basket, and that's kind of where Nurk is, Nurk's area to operate is. So um, they, they might need to look for ways to get Ed on the court more because he's been fantastic. Um, I, I think I saw someone, there was a, someone put up a stat that, I mean, granted, super early, but Ed's re- offensive rebound rate right now would be the highest in NBA history. Wow. Um, so so he's he's been awesome. He's been great, he's yeah. Been, uh, and, and not an undersold story, but because we've talked about Ed quite a bit, but he he has been he's been more important to this team so far this season than I than I would have figured him to be. So um, they, and, and they might know, need to. I mean, to the point, I don't know if it's necessarily like why is he playing more than Aminu, but they might need to try to figure out ways to get him in more. Well, Aminu's been just as important. He's been great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's so you're you're you can't. There are a reason that both of them have been playing as well as they have. It's because of the lineups that they're playing with. And Ed Davis is your backup center right now. Who's going to be your backup center if Ed Davis isn't that guy? If no. he's starting with Nurkic, someone's got to be a backup center. It's not going to be Swanigan. It's not going to be – I mean, I guess it could be Noah, but that would – I mean, that's an yeah, under – yeah. That's... So it's the construction of your roster and the, the style that Ed plays and the lineups that he plays with. And so um, it has nothing to do with him not shooting the three, but it does have to do with, with his style, and, and he's not even shooting a 15-footer. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's a <laughs> Imagine Ed Davis taking a three-pointer in a game, like, setting up and being like, all right, I'm going to take this three-pointer now. Let's see if it gets to the rim. Okay, next up from Andrew Thien. Did Evan Turner work with a shooting coach over the summer? His shot appears to have significantly more arc on it, particularly from three-point land. I have to be honest and say I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that either. I don't think he did. I know that he does work with someone uh, regularly, and he has a a shooting uh, partner, if you will. Um but I haven't even necessarily noticed that his his shot had more arc on it. So kudos t- to you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I, I think I could. I, I think particularly from the corner three, he's got a he's got a bit more more loft to it. Though I will say that uh, he is shooting twenty six point three percent from three so far this season. You know what he shot last year? Twenty seven point three. Twenty six point three percent. Amazing. He's shooting the exact same percentage right now that he shot last year. So there you go. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, Andrew. I, I want to say no, but I, I do recall some video of him uh, doing a workout somewhere that he put on it, Twitter or something, and it was him going through a shooting routine. Yeah. And he hit like, I don't know, 10 threes in a row or something. But. Yeah, I, I know he, he does workouts. It's just Evan Turner doesn't seem like the kind of guy who who sits down with a shooting coach. Well, what's a like, shooting coach going to do? Like, his shot is what his shot yeah, is. It, You're not, exactly. It, yeah. At a certain point, you – I mean, this is Evan's eighth season. He's – this is who he is. Yeah. This is the player he is. Like he's not going to become a knockdown three point shooter at this point in his career. He's just not. Thanks for the question, Andrew, and thanks everyone for your questions and for listening. We're going to call it good there. Real quick, I need to do oh. a few shout outs here, though. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Jeff Jensen and Clayton Wright. Uh, I met them in three hundred level the other day. Uh, season ticket holders from Lincoln City. They drive from Lincoln City to uh, hey. to the games. The season ticket holders, the big Rip City Report fans. Props so to I wanted you guys. To, uh, to send out shout outs as well, and to TJ Ansley. Uh, I don't even know what, what TJ's title is with the Portland Trailblazers, but uh, I've worked with TJ for the past couple of years now. He's a great guy. He's been a huge supporter of mine and uh, and has been a fantastic guy to work with. He's going back home, moving back to Ohio to take a job with some NHL outfit. Columbia, Columbus. The Columbus Blue Notes? or Yeah, they're NHL. Yeah. So long story short, TJ, uh, I'm going to miss you. It was, it was great working with you. Um, just keep in touch. Shout out to TJ. Real good dude. Yeah, good dude. We'll miss you, TJ. We'll see you when we roll through Cleveland. We're, uh, TJ integral to the uh, to the podcast, kind of getting going too. He was he was one who was really like, you need to do a podcast. And there I was you like, go. Eh, well, we really don't have the time. He's like, no, just just do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Good luck, TJ, and uh, and to hell with you, TJ, too. Also, yeah, yeah, go to hell. Um, but not you guys. We love all you guys very much. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. We'll figure it out. You have to stay tuned. Talk to you then. Bye.